0: Celtic dropped two vital Scottish Premiership points at the weekend at Petardry, but do have a chance to make up for it at least in part on Wednesday night at Easter Road against Hibs. This is Tino with uh, <laughs> counting a kick off. Needless said final whistle show too soon. Countdown a kick off ahead of this one, joined here by James. James, your initial thoughts, I suppose, both on how things finished at Petardry and looking ahead to tomorrow night at Hibs. Yeah, um, obviously
1: disappointed from Saturday. You know, away. Is a tough game. There's going away from that. But given that the amount of ball that we had in the first half minute of chances, we had to kill that game before half time. That's the, the frustrating thing. So um yeah, to drop points there, just doubly frustrating. But football's football, and we go right back in the next game. And really, really important that we don't drop any points here. This has to be um certainly a broken record, this has to be the start of our run and a really strong long run up until the split, um, including beating Rangers at Ibrook. So,
0: got to get going. You mentioned that you know, we weren't able to kill Aberdeen off. Why aren't we killing teams off at this moment in time? So, you've got a, a 1-0-1 over Ross County the week before. A deflected, a very fortunately deflected, Alastair Johnson strike. You then draw one each at Aberdeen, and again, it's it's good work when Nicholas couldn't, but it's still a deflected goal. So, the best we can muster, and 180 minutes plus whatever injury times in the two games is two sclaffy-ish goals. Where's the killer touch? Where's the, where's the Kyogo we know? Where's the Louis Palma that we know he's capable of? Where's the Leal Abada? The Leal Abada that always registers the big numbers but hasn't done much at all since coming back. Why are we not killing teams off?
1: Maybe players are very well suited to our formation. You know, Greg Taylor's a, a great case in point. He's you know, he, he excelled. Under Angie's inverted fullback system, but he's really struggling in Rogers' overlapping fullback um, setup. So it could be that for a lot of players, you know, you're seeing Kyogo coming to fetch and carry because he's, a, he's an honest player. He'll, he'll, he'll put the effort in if the ball's not coming to him, but then he's not in the place to be there when the ball does come. But it's not coming often enough. So I mean, I've sketched out a three-five-two here. We'll be coming on that later on. I don't think that'll happen just by the time of year. If he was going to do it, he'll done it before now, but it might be that these players are just
0: not suited to the formation that Rodgers has got them in. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a a discussion or an argument that folks have been having that the players that have been foisted upon Brendan Rodgers don't fit a Brendan Rodgers system. They were maybe earmarked for the Ange system, although some of them don't look like they, they fit Angie's system or any system, but that's maybe a separate debate. But there's guys that clearly... Roger doesn't fancy. We know that he's already shipped out some of the summer signings and we'll see where Nicholas Kuhn and Adam Ida fit into things. I mean, I, I don't think you've touched on it there. I don't think he'd go three five two, but let's not kid on. We've got a serious problem at left back. I, I'm going to go as far as to say that Alessandro Bernabe shouldn't play for Celtic again. And that's not to say he's the worst I've ever seen at Celtic. Far from it, but he is not good enough and he's going to cost us. You know, there's, there's just a, a glaring weakness there. And we need to find the solution. Going where three at least offers you the chance to put in three centre-halves mm. and go with your two wide guys and your midfield five. So, I mean, I mean what, what are you thinking? What's the, kind of, the general idea you're suggesting here?
1: Part of it was exactly that. You know, it means I don't need to pick a, an actual left-back. I can have a, a left-sided centre-half in scales to cover that. But it was, I'll give you the rundown as, as I had it. Somebody comes down to whether Johnson is fit after his, his groin knock at the weekend. But let's say he is fit. Um, it would be Hart, Navrotsky on the right of centre, Welsh in the centre, Skills on the left of centre, Alistair Johnson, Cal McGregor and Maeda, Matt O'Reilly, eh, Bernardo, Kyogo and Ida. That was the second thing. I kind of wanted to accommodate Ida.
0: Eh, I thought he played really well on Saturday. You lost me with Maeda. Did you, did you have Maeda in your midfield? Yeah,
1: yeah. Is of a, on the left-hand side.
0: On the left-hand side. So who was your three on central? On the left of the five. Yep, and then McGregor, O'Reilly, Bernardo. Your three
1: centre-centers are still
0: Carl McGregor,
1: Mal O'Reilly and Bernardo. And you've got Astor Johnson on the right and Maeda on the left. And I think it's too experimental for this time of the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it might be, but things aren't aren't going all that well. You know, it's not like we're, we're cooking the gas here. We obviously did move to a 4-4-2 at the weekend and Brendan Rodgers confirmed that in his post-match that that was the move. And I think you're right. Adam Ida, granted very limited uh, sight of him so far, he does look, you know, in terms of the raw attributes he has, and you know, he's clearly a comfortable back-to-goal kind of striker, you know, holding off defenders, laying passes off, greatly off to Matt O'Reilly, where Matt O'Reilly hit the post at the weekend. I think he brings something, and at the moment, we're not getting the best out of Kyogo, there's no doubt about it, he's your, whatever, 30-odd goal striker from last season. And we just can't find that. Um, we can't unlock him this season. Maybe this is what we need to do. So whether it's four, four, two or three, five, two, maybe he does, you know, move away from his has tried and tested. Yeah, four, three, three. Um, yeah, I, just, I think Dodgers is quite a conservative manager
1: to make changes like that at this stage. Um, what he would say is he set up on Saturday 433 and created a whole glut of chances that the team missed. And much like Angie would say, my job and the you know build-up players' job is to get the ball for the forward players to have a chance to go. And if they miss that, that doesn't matter. Numbers will take care of that. Then you need much higher volume if you're going to play that game. But they created the chances on, on So Rogers would say the 4-3-3 was working quite fine. They just didn't play it for the whole game.
0: Yeah, and that can come down to player confidence and, and a bit of belief, which I think is clear a few of them are lacking at this moment in time. Just as we're discussing the 3 5 two, I want to bring up a comment from Kieran in um, and the, and the chat. Kieran says 3 5 two is a no-go for him. He says you can't press as high with it and it's easier to break down when you're pressing and that we don't have the players to do so. It can't be any easier than how Aberdeen broke us down in our 4, four three, 3 at the time. You know the, the the move that led to their goal. Burnaby's high up the park as part of a, a back four, inverted commas. He makes a mess of the pass. Nobody deals with it. Palmer should take the yellow card at that point, but it's all hindsight, 100%. isn't it? Um, but there's yeah, a not, few not things. really.
1: There. I mean, any, any player of any experience should know I'm taking him out and taking one for
0: the team here. Yeah, yeah, I think it, it did come down to experience. A, a smarter, more experienced guy does that. But you can't tell me, I, I get Kim's point, it's a good point, but you can't tell me that it would be any easier to break down than, than what we were at the weekend. You know, it's clear that we're disjointed and maybe that stems from personnel. Maybe if it's not, uh, Bernabe as part of your back four, you don't have that issue. So, um, I don't know. My gut feeling would tell me that you would stick with four three three, 3 3 but I think there's a, a big call for shuffling the pack. Not shuffling for shuffling's sake, but something needs to change. As I say, we're not killing teams off. We're, we're not dynamic enough. We had a good run there, didn't we? You know, after beating Rangers and St. Mirren and things were good and we were scoring early. But when Celtic do not score early, we're devoid of ideas.
1: Yeah, they just seem to, to half and puff um, and they seem to take misses almost personally, you know, as a, as a weight on them. You know, if you miss one early doors, then that, that carries on your shoulders for most of the rest of the game. And they've got to have the in reset. Something bad's going on. You just switch off reset and get back to it. So that's one of many, many things. I think we've just got to push from where we are now. Win this title and then look at what we need to do. Bigger picture stuff in the summer. I don't think. Well, no we'll transfer windows anyway, so we're we are where we are.
0: And on that, that that's a that's a big decision for Brendan Rodgers tomorrow night. Does he stick with the formation he very much believes in, or does he take what would be a gamble? You know, you imagine he goes three five two or four four two from the start, and then we don't get the result. He's he's painting himself into a corner. He's going to be really under pressure, and he's already under notable pressure at this moment in time. What we'll do, I don't think we're going to settle between, you know, you and I anyway on the, on the formation. Um, but I think there's some some individuals that we should certainly cover. You mentioned Dais Maeda, and let's take a look at him. So you might have seen the quotes from him and Rio Hitate on returning from Japan. <laughs> they both return with heavy hearts. I don't know if it's been lost in translation, but it's really, I wasn't good enough for my country, I've let you down and all this kind of stuff. It was that kind of chat. I believe part of that's lost in translation, but they're, they're, they're disappointed as any international footballer would be. You've gone in a international tournament yeah, with high hopes yeah. and, you, and you've fallen short. So we know that Rejo is injured, but what about with Dyson? He, he'll certainly be fit, although he's had a lot of travelling to do. He was pictured in training this week. Is that a gamble to throw him in from the start? He's got to be. He, he
1: just brings his energy that we've missing. You know, Palmer's language style... I don't know if it'll ever suit us, but, I mean, he's turned in some absolute stinkers last couple of games, um, and he's, you know, I'm at the end of my tether with him, I think that's him benched until he can show he can he can do better, so dies in straight in for me, yeah.
0: Hmm. I'm not sure, um, we know his qualities, it's just a lot to ask a guy who's a wee bit down morally, and I know he's got a great mental reset, he's got a great uh, reset, mental that.
1: resilience. I would say that's a, as much a cultural thing as anything, you know, that they, they represent the nation, so they're apologising to the nation for not going to, you know, Keenan's making an elegant point there that they expect you to go really far if not to win that, that tournament, so I think it's a cultural thing that the Japanese players will be apologising to the country that we're, we're backing them, I don't think there's anything that he's carrying back with them.
0: I don't know, you know I understand the cultural point, but the disappointment, you can't get away from the fact that going out of a major tournament, and it's, it's not major to us in this part of the world, but it is to them, and there's a natural disappointment of that. There's the, the the traveling. Where where was the Asian Cup? Should really know this, given half their players were out there. But <laughs> I'll let you double check on that. But uh, there's a lot of traveling. It was at least in Asia. We know it wasn't in Italy. So he's come a fair way, and I'm just not sure if it's the right move to start him. I do think Nicholas though, is the guy that might give you that energy. You know, we know that he's lively. He's got his goal. He'll be feeling good about himself from that point of view. And I just think, yeah, I've got to agree with you. I'm, I'm a Louis Palmer fan, but. Him and Abada have been equally poor. Yeah. Yeah. So one one of I the mean, two of needs to go. Both they're both out for me. Um,
1: you know, said it too many times. You're a bad a fan, but you can't come with that attitude. If there's something on your mind that you can't deliver, then step out. I thought you should have taken a move um, towards the end of January. He'd had a couple of games, but then to see if he could. You know, get back into the rhythm and he hasn't you know i thought when he first came back he was looking lively and getting balls into kyogo and stuff you know textbook i've had the balls into kyogo but that was a long time ago uh the last two games ross County and aberdeen just an empty jersey so I, I want to see him dig in and get over what he can get over and come come back for celtic but he can't be first 11 for me at the moment
0: yeah you may be right i think quite a lot of fans are in that camp um, what about elsewhere? Um, let's step back to midfield. Some of the guys in the comments uh letting us know it's Qatar uh the Asian Cup was. Should have known that, James. Um but yeah. I think it was l- last year, kicked on with the World Cup and stuff like that. I'll take your word for it. Um but in terms of the, the midfield, none of the midfield three covered themselves from Gloria Petadre, did they? You know, starting no. with your captain, Callum McGregor, he's now I think he's played four hundred and fifty one times for Celtic, hugely experienced, struggled at times. That chance that it ended up coming to Shinny, you know, late in the second half. There's a suggestion that might have been upside Yeah. Letting the ball bounce. Real basic exactly. stuff. Yeah. Um, so Calmack, you know, weak in that particular moment. Bernardo didn't last the game. O'Reilly did, but and he's had a couple of chances to shoot on goal, and he's not quite reached the levels that he'd done earlier on in the season. I don't know. Listen, I suppose. I suppose we could go through the whole team here because at the moment, I don't know if it just kind of feeds into the current doom and gloom on and off the park at the moment, but who's playing well? Who's in good form at the moment? I don't think anybody... You could debate Liam Scales has kept a relatively high standard throughout the season. Alistair Johnson's struggling. We don't have a left-back to call upon. Joe Hart's done his job for the most part in recent weeks. Uh, Midfield, I've mentioned, are struggling. The front line are struggling. Who's the, th- this is my big thing, and we've touched on it at different times on the weekly shows, we lack a, a leader, a scruff-of-the-neck guy to pull himself and his teammates through. Callum McGregor can be that guy. He, he's a motivator to a point, slightly different style from Bruno that we've discussed you know, at different times, but he can't do it on his own. I think he misses CCV's leadership when he's not there. Joe Hart provides mm-hmm. a bit of that, but he's much further back to the park. Where's the where's the generals? Where's where is the the characters that are going to pull you through? Because sometimes when you're in a situation like this where you're not playing well, there's different pressures, off the park, fans are bit disgruntled for a variety of reasons. Who's your who's your big Who's your big characters to pull you through? I think Celtic are lacking them.
1: No, no. They are lacking. I mean, two of them are Andy Ralphson and Greg Taylor. And you know, they might not be football-wise at the level you know we're looking for. Um, but they're certainly, you know, they're, they're drivers and they, they believe and they never leave anything on the pitch The pair them, you know. You, you never have uh, looked at one of their performances and said, you know, he chucked it today or he wasn't at it or whatever, you know, they, they, both of them always give their all and that's what's missing. You get players there, I would say a bad in Palma in particular, that they come off the pitch and you're going, I didn't see you bursting anything there that whole game. That's completely different from what you get from Ralston and Taylor different reasons why they aren't and maybe shouldn't be in the, the first 11, but that kind of attitude has to permeate the whole squad. You can carry one or two, you can't, I mean, I'm looking back at last uh, last Saturday's game, uh, squad, Hart with a couple of good saves, but a couple of clangers, not clangers, but ropey moments as well. Um, no one, apart from maybe Scales, but then Scales wasn't dynamite Aberdeen's goal. It wasn't, really, and you can pin on him because he'd done something excellent to stop it as well, just positionally, was a bit out, I thought. Um, but the rest of them, so you're kind of carrying 11 when you can maybe carry two.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I just think as a, as a standard, you should have three, four, five leaders. And for anyone who's not listened to the weekly show from this week, we've gone a bit of detail about Celtic's, what I would call a, an ageist signing policy we generally don't sign guys over the age of 25 26 we've done it on a handful of occasions in the last 10 transfer windows and that comes back to bite you you know there's a reason why you hear clichés in football about yeah the team's got a good blend of age and age experience and youth you know you've got that kind of nice mix in the dressing room we don't have it you know we've got a couple of bodies Carla has been a notable one who's missing and it's not enough so your your signing policy of signing kids between 20 and 23 it's all great if you're dropping them into a squad when you've got a bundle of 27, 28, 29-year-olds. We don't. And, and it's times like this, times where you need to dig deep, that's really coming back to bite you. So, listen, I know that the individuals that we've been speaking about, you know, the players that will turn out for Celtic tomorrow, they're talented guys. And and if things click, you know, if if the atmosphere is suitable and if the weather's good and, and if we got off to a good start and all the, all the good things that you like to see happen manage to happen for them, We'll be good to go, but if we find ourselves for whatever reason in the trenches, if we find ourselves nothing each at half time, or still chasing a goal with twenty minutes to go, at this moment in time, in terms of the development, by and large across our squad, we don't have the guys to pull us through, and that's what you're seeing. You know, you look at this St. Mirren game at the turn of the year; was it the second of January? We scoring sixty yeah. seconds, and we're great. We're free flowing. We win three 0 was it? Everything's good. Everyone's playing well. We're relaxed, and these guys show the best of themselves. But sometimes you need to find different ways to win. It can't all be pretty, free-flowing football. And I don't think we're good at finding the ugly way to win. And that's my concern, because what you've got now at Easter Road... Do you know what? I'm depressing myself the more I'm talking about it. And I want to try and turn this into a positive, because I do feel optimistic going to Easter Road, despite what you might have heard in the last 15 or so minutes. But we're going to a side who themselves are struggling. They lost 3-0 at home to St. Mirren at the weekend. Uh, quan inspired of course but they've got a situation now where they're starting to turn on Nick Montgomery You know, the, he was trying to play out for the back and do all the nice things and I think that's gone they might just resort to parking the bus tomorrow, I watched bits of them against Rangers recently and they were awful oh, man, they were awful and actually I think any team whatever situation you're in, you should play to your strengths You know, if you want to play in a certain way but you can't do so until you've got certain players then you need to scale it back a bit and play with what you've got. And I think you might find us coming up against a, a pretty uninspiring defence-minded Hibs tomorrow. I'm not sure they'll open up the way they have done in recent times. They're really under pressure. And I think it could be one of these turgid games that, that do not suit us at all. Learn more at marines.com.
1: Just two banks of five and a, and a breaking striker off the top five, that kind of thing. T- two goalies, a five and a four. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I know that's tough to break down, but we just have to have the ingenuity. And that's where guys like either can help you. You know, we've got a bad physicality there, can take the ballways back to goal, can hold it up and keep you up there. And that's where you get a chance to lay off. I know earlier, like you did on Saturday. Or you know, Kuhn if he's around in, in Kyogo as well. So see right now, I, I I think I'd I think I'd welcome that that low block kind of game. So it just makes it a a siege that we can we can hammer in on. So yeah, I'd go with that.
0: Yeah, there's a good comment, and I get a relevant comment. It's coming from Smell the Glove, and great profile picture there, George Mccluskey, at Hamden. Uh, He says, going to need a Hartley and Robson type heart put in this team to win the league. Absolutely. I love Barry Robson at Celtic particularly. Hartley was good as well, but Robson just, I I, I use the term scruff a neck kind of guys, and that is Barry Robson, or it was Barry Robson. But he then says it's time for Calmack, Tony Ralston, Greg Taylor, and Stephen Welsh, and even James Forrest to step up in the next 14 games. And he's right. This This is why these guys are around. Now, James Forrest may or may not have had the option to move on there. But guys like him and Taylor who are, you know, on the fringes just now injured or back part players, they've still got a part to play at Lennox Town and, and encouraging their teammates and letting them know what it's all about to play at Celtic and feel this pressure because they've felt it before. Greg Taylor's, you know, had his tough times, had his challenges. James Forrest's seen it all and done it in the last 15 years. And these guys who know what it's all about to play for Celtic it is their job. It's the reason they're still in the building. It's the reason they're still employed by Celtic. It's their job to pull us through during these tough times.
1: I've got Ralston well start tomorrow. Um, for, for, with, with part of that in mind, but also the part that you know Arthur Johnson's not really kicked a ball for a long, long time for a number of weeks. So, adding to that, that Ralston has that dig and has that you know belief in Celtic and you know steeped in. And Celtic. And I think that can be overplayed, but I think it's time for a wee bit of that. Um, like the comment there. Welsh, I don't think, has put a foot wrong since he came on against I think it was Lazio. Um, you know, played against Rangers, played well, only went out after a poor ball for Allison Johnson. And by the way, I like Johnson. I just think he's something's not clicked since he's come back from injury. Um, so I think a rest for him and getting those guys back. And, and it just it gives you that bit more of it's a wee bit of hackney but a wee bit more Celticness about the team, you know, guys that are Born and bred on Celtic, that really, really care. That you know, you, you'll get hundred percent for the two of them tomorrow,
0: no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, Let's like take a quick look at Hibs. Uh, if nothing else, it gives us a wee bit of respite from the Celtic chat. Um, so, in I'm terms of, of the Eastern revolution in the chat, sir. Uh, in terms of the the league form for Hibs, at least in the last half dozen games, no wins. They've had four defeats uh, and two draws. So sketchy form at best. to beat four from the Scottish Cup in between that, but. No wins in six in the league. And actually, the win that they had before that was against Livingston, who, who are really struggling. So, they're obviously in a bad place. I would put them in a similar position, not exactly the same, but a similar position to Aberdeen in terms of, there's a group of players there that are capable of more than they've been offering at this moment in time. I don't know if I'd quite say the players have let Barry Robson down at Aberdeen, but they've fallen short. They've got more to bring to the party. And I think Hibs players are, are in much the same position. And I mean, they let themselves down badly, I think, against Rangers a few weeks ago. They just looked so bad, so, so so bad. Like, like like they weren't even a Premiership team, you know, that poor. Um, can, can they turn in as bad a performance as that this time around? Or, from their point of view, if you're a Habs player and things are going a bit poorly, you actually wouldn't mind a Celtic game, would you? It's, it's a game that you can say, let's go and lift ourselves for this. Little motivation required, and actually it's a chance to go and impress. What do you think?
1: I think mean, they're still carrying a fair few uh, injuries, so that, that'll go against them. Um, I watched maybe just as much as you, the, the Rangers game, maybe like last 15 of the first half, course 15 in the second, that kind of thing. And my God, they were awful. Uh, the lad fish at the back just seemed, pardon the pun, all at sea. Um, I and if you can get either up against him, you know, a bit, a bit of physicality and, and ruffle him up in, in the first 10 minutes, they should be able to, you know, Get some spoils out of that. You know what I think you know to your comment on Barry Robson, I think the Aberdeen players did let him down because they've they showed on Saturday what they can do. Um, but at the same time, it's Robson's job to motivate them not to. So that that goes both ways. And it might well be the the, the same thing at, at Hibbs. There's talent there, no doubt. There's talent in the Hibbs team. Um that 3-0 tanking they've taken off is of St Mirren. Ross County took a 3-0 tanking off tanking off a of particular thistle. The week before the play does at Celtic Park, and they were decent against us, so we can't really read anything into that, or certainly take any
0: um, assumptions from that. So we've just got to play our own game, cliche as it is. Yeah, uh, don't worry about Aberdeen, by the way. Neil, True Blue Warnock, we'll see them right. He's get the <laughs> he's get the boys fired up for for Ivericks tonight. Um, let's go back. Um, you know, we'll, we'll run this for another five minutes or so. So if anyone's got any comments, please do let us know, and we'll try and fit them in. I want to take it very much in a positive direction. You've mentioned him a couple of times, and it's Adam Ida. Adam Ida is very unfortunate that he's been the guy that's brought in during one of the worst transfer windows in recent memory, but that's not to put any blame on him. He, As I say, he's just a young guy trying to make his way. I touched on this again in the weekly, but he's got 120 senior appearances, give or take. You no know, senior football between the Championship and the Premier League. Cap for his country, scored against the Netherlands very highly rated in certain quarters, and he's, his career has just stalled a bit. He's had a lot of bad luck with injury. But this short-term deal, and Brendan Rodgers was talking. If you listen to his comments, he says, the move gives us a chance to look at him and him a chance to look at us. That tells me it might not just be a straightforward loan and home, but we'll get to that you know further down the line. But I think there might be something to get excited about with Adam Ider. And I think he showed in flashes that he can be that, or can give Celtic that different dimension? We've been screaming out for an alternative in the shape of, you know, a Jack Giacomacchus type player, someone who's that physical presence, target man, pulls guys about. You can clearly see Adam either as in, and potentially can be that guy for us for the next few months. Definitely. I was
1: really impressed with him on Saturday, you know, and I go between to transfer. Once the, once the transfer window's shut, anyone who's come in, full support, no matter what. So, you know, obviously he'll be successful at Celtic and more so that we we do a deal if he is successful. Um, can he play in a one, you know, in the centre? I've not really seen enough of him to say. I think he would really suit being one of two where he's got a foil beside him and Kyogo just mopping up any spilled balls, any any breaks. I think he'd work really well. It's semi-experimental, like I say, at this, this stage of the season, but, you know, we ended up doing it on... Saturday it got us the goal so can we do it for 90 minutes one of the biggest problems we've got is the back has been poor for a long time but it's been covered up by the amount of goals we scored and attacking in the, the level of attacking play that we we deploy so it doesn't really matter if you're losing one at the back and, and so on because you've gone and scored three before that but at the moment we're not free flowing we're not high scoring and any goal lost is crucial so I think any tactics tomorrow have to drive towards the attacking side of things and Adam is certainly part of that for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree and I'd be excited to see him in the start lineup. There was some stats doing the rounds last week, so Celtic have now completed 24 of the 38-game programme and they compared it to the 24 games at the same stage last season and were way off, you know, in terms of points and goals. I can't remember, but it's between 15 and 20 points, maybe, is it as much as that? And, you know, there's there's real uh, downward trends happening across the board. Um, I know what you're saying, you know, we're not performing particularly well at the back just now, not up front, and the midfield's having a bit of a tough time. But apart from that, I think we're, we're cooking the gas. The boys on <laughs> fine. Yeah. Um, no, but listen, you know, the only way Brendan just keeps saying it, the only thing he and the players can do, because there's no doubt there's a lot of noise going on but they need to be professional to block out the external noise and we might see banners at easter road tomorrow you know we might see you know something in terms of a follow-up to the banner we seen at aberdeen what was the message again on your head be it to the Celtic yeah, I mean. board there might be more of the same but the players need to find the professionalism and whatever they need to do individually to block out that noise and go and perform and as i said earlier on i've no doubt that if our players perform like they can and the Hibs players perform like they can it, it, all day long, it's a Celtic win, it's just when you come up against that wee bit of resistance that, that you find the challenge um, On that note, James, everything's said and done, I'll come to you for a scoreline prediction <laughs> I can just see it going in the way of, boom and gloom doom and gloom, oh this is terrible 5-0 Celtic, what are you giving us? 3-1 Adam Ida Inspire, 3-1 A moderate 3-1 I think Celtic will win but we're not scoring a lot of goals and i I don't see that changing dramatically um, at Easter Road. I think we'll be 2-0 or 2-1, probably probably edging towards a 2-0, you know, that kind of level of comfort, if that's the right word. But what Celtic need to start doing is just chalking up consistent wins. Now, I know we were on a six-game winning streak there, and obviously that got halted by the draw at Aberdeen, so we need to start that back up again. But to win any league title and any level of football, you need to go to the point where you're getting seven and eight and nine and ten, ten wins in a row. Because at the moment, like at a lump at Rangers are finding a consistency. Let's see what happens, you know, at Ibrook's tonight and all that kind of stuff. But this is going to go to the wire. It's going to get close. No one's going to pull away with it. At the moment, there's there's you know, both teams are, are capable of putting together runs, but both are capable of dropping cheap points as well. And I think it's whoever finds a consistency that'll come good and Celtic need to start with it tomorrow. there's, there's no better way than to blow away the negativity of Two guys like you and I and many others by getting a convincing one at Easter Road.
1: It's just it. You know, the games are thick and fast and that's a blessing at the moment. Um, There's no gap from drop points on Saturday to, to tomorrow night. So just get back on it. You know, the fans are going to back the team all the way. You know, people are really disenchanted, but it's all to do with the business side of Celtic, not to do with the football side. I know there's you know, criticism of Rodgers coaching, quite rightly so, but the fans are still fully behind the team. The the issues are, are bigger picture stuff with the, the way the club's been going. So that's exactly what it'll be tomorrow night. Fans will be right behind it and, you know, let's send them home with a smile on their faces. Clinton, yourself?
0: Uh, yeah, I'm heading along Easter Road tomorrow looking forward to catching up with a couple of folk and, and we'll see if the football brings a smile to the face as well um but i think the general sentiment among supporters does seem to be sorry i don't have my internet went a wee bit there the general sentiment though james correct me if i'm wrong amongst most is very much along the lines of back the team and challenge the board sack the board put pressure on the board whatever it may be and i think i think that's been the case listen a lot of folk haven't quite agreed with brendan Rodgers coming back to the club but they've taken the approach that that from our show takes. He's not my favourite guy, but if he's a manager, I'll support him because I'm a Celtic supporter. And that's what you do. And I think that's what you'll continue to see. You know, fans are disgruntled. But I don't think, you know, by and large Celtic fans turn on the players during these times. And I think the team will get the, the full back in the Easter Road again tomorrow night. James, your final comments as we wrap this one up.
1: Three points, please. Uh, get started on a run. You know, it's we didn't lose a game on Saturday, but it's dropped points, so um, let's keep our what was that, seven games unbeaten? Let's make it eight games unbeaten
0: and roll it right into the split. Yeah, uh, Feed the Bears along similar lines, James. He says, 1-0 will do for me in three points. A couple of folks in the comments, Willie Larson and Kieran, uh, someone's paused Tino and Tino needs to reset himself and that's in more ways than one, Willie. That's not not just with regard to, to this podcast. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on the live. Um, as I say, we're not kind of doom and gloom kind of folks, but Sometimes you've got to be real about the situation, but hopefully there's a lot more to be positive about after tomorrow night's game. Thanks for joining us, as I say. Thanks for all your comments. Thanks to whoever's listening in podcast format. We won't be back tomorrow night. As I say, I'm going to the game and logistically it's not going to be possible to catch a post match on Wednesday night. So we will bring something to you on Thursday at some point. So in the meantime, a big thanks for myself and James. Enjoy the game. Hopefully we can enjoy our big win. Get back to winning ways. And we'll see you guys again on Thursday.
1: Podcast Network.